This is Moss Whelan and Story in Mind. Just getting out. It's early in the morning. And <laughs> little uh, vinyl trash. Is it trash? No, it's sort of shopping bag for a second. Sort of, you know, what the heck's that? Um, we are out, out and about. <clears throat> it's a little, <clears throat> just a little misty, foggy, um, overcast. The daffodils at night look um, almost like paper. Uh, topic. I'm thinking diction. I, I saw it uh, a couple days ago and it kept popping up for me. So I thought, I was like, yeah, let's, let's talk about diction. So diction is word choice. And... On one hand, it might seem like it's not that important choosing uh, choosing a word. And I think in the first draft, it's better just to be writing, you know, just to get it out, get it down on paper or in the word processor. Uh, so there's that but then as as you're editing you know doing drafts revisioning, rewriting it's, it starts to come up and to um, say if you read something aloud then you're listening to it and it doesn't sound quite right you know that that's one reason to change words, you know, to sort of, you know, okay, well, that's not the right word. It doesn't sound right. One thing that still happens to me is definition, that some words, I think I know what they mean, and then I go and look, and in fact, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I've been using this word, it's the wrong word. Sometimes it's, I swear that everybody around me is using this word, but they're using it in the wrong way. Um, because of this habitual looking up words, uh, and also wanting to be, you know, one of those, <laughs> one, one of the many uh, Tolkien what is it when somebody's a not a brainchild but a wonder kind or more like uh, imitating you know sort of like you know oh I want to be like this guy and it's like no you know nobody wants to be like Tolkien <laughs> uh, you know he had uh, you know tr you know this tragedy losing his parents and then this uh, priest is uh, interfering in his love life, and then he's, you know, in World War One. You know, he's like, yes, but, you know, and two, it's it's just wanting to be, you know, the guy, you know, the creator of Lord of the Rings, <clears throat> to be involved in that, you know, to be to be uh to be able to do that you know that's behind everything but anyways the the interest in etymology um there was a different word though that he used for it but as i'm looking up 
words. I, I invariably I start looking at, into in one of my etymology dictionaries, and uh, so I, I start to I start to see the how words have changed over time, and uh, that's actually pretty pretty cool, pretty interesting stuff. Just realizing that I've put on the the wrong socks, the bad socks. Uh. <clears throat> okay, so a little adjustment, hopefully. Uh. So yeah, so you know, words have morphed. They've transformed, and they've um, from our grunts and grunts and whistles and squeaks. They have uh, they have become. Uh, and two, changing, constantly changing. Words are changing. I think, I'm so sure that there's got to be a Creole in Vancouver. It's just that I'm not in the community using it. Uh, either that or... <laughs> it's kind of like uh, the... Currently in Vancouver we have a real estate bubble... And there's these predictions, right? You know, it's going to explode. You know, and they're trying to re- alleviate this. Uh, <clears throat> the overpricing. Overpricing? Anyways. So. What I mean is that. Uh, in language that we wouldn't be conscious of it so much so if we're actually inside it and we're using, say, terminology every day. One example is uh, I'll use Korean and I've, I've, I've picked up some Korean it just becomes part of my normal everyday vocabulary. I don't see it as a Creole, though. Just thinking of other terminology. <clears throat> I grew up with uh, a certain certain type of slang, a certain sort of uh, subculture slang. And I'll notice as... Uh, there's been a number of spin-offs. It's probably, you know, it's just the same spin-off of uh, kind of youth speak. But uh, I, th- I think that's interesting, the invention part of the process. Like bling. I remember when bling happened. And, and, and too, so strange that it's sort of this brief flash of uh, language, like, um, or say, I'll say something like coolio, right? So it's cool, but it's also uh, in reference to a, a rapper, a proto-hip-hop uh, uh, raconteur, shall we say? And two, if you don't know, you know these references, you know, and I'm just like, you know, oh, that's 
what Moss said, that's interesting. Where's that from? And it always gets me thinking about growing up uh, surrounded by all of these references and how, like, if you don't know who actors are or um, just references, sort of swimming around in this sea of language. Uh, that is sort of constantly, it's, it's that, it's that saying of, you know, use it or lose it. So, you know, there's these bits and pieces that, uh, will, you know, be used and, uh, and then discarded. Either they're not functional or... They are uh, not in fashion. And it seems to be a way to um, signal to other people, right? You know, it's like, you know, this, is, this isn't the language your parents are into. This is, uh, this is the language of our generation. And and this seems seems to be like normal a normal pattern. <laughs> no, Moss, <laughs> this is this is the real thing. It's it's we're making a statement. Uh, okay. So diction. Addiction uh, is I was thinking earlier this morning that you could see dictator to dictate to speak right now I am dictating uh, into this recording device The leaves are coming out. I'm just noticing that the, you know, the black uh, branches and uh, the tree trunks are now suddenly there's this kind of um, the foliage that's happening in the branches that these leaves are coming out. One of the considerations, I'm guilty of this, uh, I quite like vocabulary. I, I get excited about words. There's, say, occasionally there's these words that are trotted around, you know, as unusual words uh, that we, you know, we ought to be using. Uh, archaic or obscure words and I quite like uh, some of them some of them just seem so appropriate I also like it when people um, are inventing when I was doing my book uh, it, this it just happened it was just this natural, organic thing I found myself inventing and, uh, you know, um, doing, what is it called when you take one, two words and you put them together? <clears throat> I know one description for it. It's like, a, it's called a centaur word, but that's, uh, it's not the actual word that's used. And it's weird. It was, uh, C.S. Lewis, uh, who came up, I think he came up with the description 
and he created a bunch of these uh, words. Just noticing that uh, there's um, oh, uh, <laughs> somebody's put up a sign about the dog poop. Well, that's too bad. It does seem like human nature, though, that you know. Sometimes you just don't want to, you don't want to pick up the poop. I don't have a dog, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about doing the dishes and things like that, washing the dishes. Or doing something like this. Uh, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't seem... You know, <laughs> I have the weight of the world on my shoulders. I can't pick up the dog poo today. Uh, but I, I think that it's it's a good idea to pick up the poop, especially if you know if, if it's on the sidewalk or something. Okay. Actually, there's a little bit of a narrative moment because. It says a lot about somebody, behavior, and not, say you take your dog out, you, you know, decide to not pick it up, and uh, it's either that the person has never stepped in poop before, but, you know, it's, it's really irritating and, you know, upsetting and disgusting, and... It also makes uh, other dog owners look like, you know, <laughs> disgusting, irritating. It's an interesting thing, pets, because uh, I'm just thinking culturally, right, that we we use them in order to that there's like say you know this component that's missing and not not to judge but i'm sort of thinking of this almost almost like a codependent but my take on it i think is extreme like i i want to be able to stand without and I can just sort of see the argument coming back and saying you know, oh Moss do you want to sort of clip and cut out everyone you know, to be able to sort of <laughs> the, the world ceases to exist, right? And But you know, you're okay about this right? It's, you know, I'll have my checklist do I get to keep writing stories? <laughs> Do I have enough food and everything and, you know, health and all that stuff? <clears throat> no, but I, I, I do like people and I just probably have not... Uh, I, you know, was it, you don't, what is it, Janis Joplin, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. There it is. And to it, this sort of suggests where my mind is at right now, going through the, uh, what is that, running the gauntlet. And, uh, yeah. Uh, as far as writing goes, I actually, uh, yesterday sat down and I did a draft that was, uh, mainly um, for grammar and 
there were a few things I wanted to correct. So this is for the sequel to Greyhawk of Terrapin. And I sent it over to Patrick Bolivar, who's... So we're swapping. We're critiquing each other's stuff. And... Uh, <clears throat> such a weird process. Like, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be just... I'll be struggling against myself to do this thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, I uh, sort of let go of the tension. And I swear, though, that I wasn't... Um, it's just part of the process that there's this tug-of-war. Anyways, I, I actually got it in the email and sent it over. He sent his, I think, last week. And uh, I, I was feeling quite horrible because I hadn't... Um, <clears throat> I wasn't ready yet. And then before that, I had this grant application for, uh, for writing that we have up here in Canada. Uh, what else can I say? It's it's not so great sending this off as well because I know there's problems. So it's in the email, I'm sort of apologizing and saying, you know, <laughs> I know the I you know I I know I have two problems, you know, here and here. So don't worry about that stuff, or unless you want to comment. And it's just sort of a warning, right, that uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Very cool to see his stuff, because I, I opened up his uh, manuscript and I checked out the beginning, which I had seen before, but he, he had addressed a few issues. And so I read that first page and I was dang that's that's some fine writing and really cool to be in on it like i feel i feel a bit emotional about it i was just you know this is awesome and i think the coolest thing is that other people are going to read this and be invested in it so he's doing something that connects. So let's see, can I get back to diction? Uh, yeah, because Patrick is making word choices uh, in naming. You know, he's naming creatures, he's naming people. Uh, the setting as well. Um, some very cool world building. But, if, when we're talking about the language itself, one of the things that helps with the connection is that the naming is actually not foreign, uh, not... It's, it's a pro and a con, because in, in what we're doing, we want a sense of uh, the fantastic, but we also want a sense of the, of the known. Just this morning, uh, oh, this is the hashtag game, and one of uh, one of the cool people who's doing this, and um, she mentioned we're talking for this month. There's uh, it's, at the moment, it's talking about plants plants and plant life it's because you know springtime and so plants and, and then and then she was into it was plants but it was also I think uh, food or spice the value of it and then she mentioned I hope somebody talks about coffee so we it's just a little chat about coffee 
and my 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 love hate with coffee and caffeine and uh let's see language uh I had mentioned that one of the things say when we're talking about something that is real world that say we ha- you know from our everyday world what happens is that it almost creates like a bit of truth in the, in the story right we go oh right that's just like you know my everyday thing here's this normal thing that's in this fantastical world uh just thinking of another example Well, in that same way, the word I wanted to sort of get to is verisimilitude. Is it verisimilitude? Uh, it means creating a sense of truth, or truth, reality, that uh, it seems real. And that is you know, just another hook that pulls the reader in to the experience. Um, not just as it, it's not just sensory, but it's familiar, rather than the sort of pushing away of, you know, uh, like using alien words or foreign words, or somebody has invented this language, which I have. I have a language. It's not the greatest language, but I invented it. And there's a lot of rationale and there's a lot of things that I've done but I don't use it I occasionally very occasionally I use it uh, sparingly only to create a sense of of difference but I don't want it to be so overwhelming that's pushing away so back to Patrick what Patrick is doing is he's, I think it's effective what he's doing because he's using English words and combinations or say, uh, what's an example? I think Fire Drake is one of his. And so he's taken two words, fire and Drake, uh, Drake can be a duck, but it can also be a dragon. So there's a nice bit of word play there. And potentially. But he's taken these two things together. And two, they look English. So that, you know, you put them together, it's created something new. And um, just, to, you know, visually, you know, it's familiar. It has this familiarity to it. Let's go back to Tolkien, and uh, that, you know, Tolkien, he did have words that were not, um, he did have, you know, there was this sort of foreign or alien element in language, uh, say, you know, the Elvish, for example, uh, and yet there was something familiar or say character names like Thorin. It wasn't such a far stretch that uh, it, it wasn't that far removed, right? That at, at the core there was this uh, association with Anglo-Saxon or Old English and the, um, the Norse influence to that. This is reminding me of, I saw a show, they were talking about how Gaelic survived and what it gave English was the grammatical structure. I could be wrong about that. It's something like that. So that it wasn't this complete sort of cut off, you know. It's sort of like, oh, here comes the, here comes the Germanic language. It's like, no. There's actually um, a fusion going on.
and two, it's it's not the, it's not so far removed from German, the the language. Okay, so word choices. <clears throat> Seeing stuff like this influences my own uh, writing and considering, especially doing drafts and think thinking about it that you don't want it to be so uh, distant and you don't want characters to be so. That said, I do see people doing that and I think part of it has to do with you know, wanting that distance. I don't want you to get too close to this. Maybe it's because it's personal and private. Therapeutic. This is reminding me, I'm going back to Johannes Steger's videos talking about how to do language and that it's actually better to give the reader the in, you know, have them involved, uh, that it's actually interesting to have the characters, the, the main character or other characters, you know, they don't understand this foreign language. So they're on the outside, but the but the reader continues being on the inside. There's that awkward moment in some stories where <clears throat> you know the 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 narrator or the narrative hasn't provided the information, and that the the reader has been out of the loop. And uh, what do I mean? Say you have, you know, a bunch of adventurers, you know, they're going on this mission, and they've, they've kept a secret. And is it better to have the reader in on the secret, right? The secret, you know, how they're going to be successful, instead of oh, we'll just stick around, and then you'll find out, right? Sort of, you know, create this intrigue. Oh, well, how are they going to get out of this? You know, and they sort of magically pull it out of the magician's hat, you know, just, well, this rabbit here is going to fix everything. And that's a bit deus ex machina, and... I usually I'm okay about it. Like I'll sort of, as audience, will go, "Well, okay, whatever." You know, that's a story. It's not a great story. It's a why? Because it it's, it it just doesn't make sense, really. Because you know, if you're able to see everything in this omnipotent way. Um, except, of course, if we're doing deep third, you know, where we're just investing in one character, totally focused. But we would have access to all of that information. So really, it's this, uh, it's being selective, but it's also leaving stuff out. And it creates this question mark. And it's like, well... If I had access to all of this information, why would you sort of keep me out of the loop? And there's this, um, I think a bit of trust is lost, right? Uh, I'm going to withhold evidence, you know, from this court proceeding, right? You're, you're not going to have all the facts. Yeah. I think I think where it is effective is that if it's if it's outside of the main character or the point of view character's sphere, right? So the main character doesn't know. I think that that's legit. And, you know, it's like, okay, that makes sense. I I think it would be even better with if we could jump around point of view and we could see these other people that 
have the information, and we go, oh, snap, the main character doesn't know this. And, you know, of course, it's so easy to say this stuff. Uh, kind of like a reviewer, like a YouTube reviewer who's, you know, breaking apart the latest movie. And uh, when you're not in the machinery of the biz and uh, you know, saying you know how things would be better. So we can head down to the to the second uh, loop, second street. Oh, small segue. I'm just thinking about these street lamps as. Uh, kind of islands, right, of like these little pockets of, you know, reality, and then looking down the street and I can see, you know, further down there's another sort of circle, a spotlight where things exist, and then outside of that it starts to get blurry and <clears throat> not so clear. So diction, word choices. So I was mentioning that you know Patrick's. Uh, for, I haven't read the whole thing, so I've just seen the the opening. And this is where I suggested, okay, you know, you know, let's swap. I need to swap. <laughs> you know, I into I heard from him that, you know, he was per, he was getting ready to finish. The manuscript. And I think it's that he had written it. He'd done the first draft, so this was kind of like second or third. And I thought, why not? <clears throat> uh, word choice. So I've said before that considering uh, considering word choice, considering diction for not just I, I, I mentioned for the age group, at least I've mentioned it before that that was important to me that I at least had middle grade. And I, would, I was doing all kinds of things, like, say, if I'm going to use a new word, or a difficult word, that I would provide context, or I would double up words, like, say, uh, this is a, just a terrible example, uh, a transcendental height. So this is my example, because transcendental has this sort of meaning um, of, of um, going to the next level, going high, uh, to a higher plane, and uh, you know, if you first saw that word, you know, and you didn't know the meaning of it. It was the first time you've ever seen that word. If I, if I, if you look to height, then you know, ah, you know, you know, so this is, this is to do with being, you know, quite, you know, elevated. And so I was able to get away with some diction choices and for the most part, part though, I was quite brutal 
in later uh, edits, drafts, uh, in considering my reader. And the other part of it is that, you know, if you're using one term for it as plain English, you know, it's just, it's rapid fire, right? So it's just, okay, I, you know, I know the words, I'm getting, it's, it's happening faster. It's right up there with using short sentences, um, well-known words. And it's, and too, it's interesting to play with that, like, you know, oh, well, what if you had short sentences, but, you know, high-level words, right, you know, complex words. But I, I, I wouldn't, I am writing some, uh, mature fantasy, and, <laughs> which actually doesn't, doesn't really, uh, doesn't really work, you know, what does that mean, mature, mature subject matter? And two, such a strange contrast of, uh, on, you know, on one hand, crafting something, uh, while at the same time, and this is me thinking about uh, middle grade fantasy. <clears throat> so I construct something, and I, you know, it's it's very safe. It's safe. Uh, it's comfortable. Uh, there's lots of sort of built-in rules, you know, like we're going to go on this adventure and, you know, basically everything's going to be okay. It's it's not going to get uh, too dark, weird. Um, yeah. Whereas with the the more mature stuff, I find myself thinking about that and... Uh, there's almost a, like say a debate about like that I'm I'm having with um, for example and two this is coming out of working on middle grade and going sort of editing and going okay you know well we're not going there and we're not going to this place or that place and this this gets into my conversation slash argument with other writers who want to have adult themes in, uh, you know, younger people's, younger human beings' um, stuff. And the, the problem of this distinction, right, the ultimate one is that, is to sort of say that there's no distinction between an adult and a child, which is wrong. You know, that's, there's vast distinctions to be made. Uh, And a great amount of uh, care and concern not to rain on the parade of, you know, people who want to rate, you know, this really, you know, these really (laughs) heavy stories featuring. It's, It's, yeah, it's a weird proposition, you know, to sort of, well, I'm gonna have this you know, an immature main character, uh, you know, who's going through this mature world, um, done well, but at the same time, you know, there has to be this huge amount of, um, care. That's, that's my take on it. Uh, okay, that said, the constraint uh, of writing middle grade compared to the lack of constraint with, you know, writing something more mature. I'm thinking of my cowboy fantasy that is and and I'm still sort of figuring out the boundaries and uh As I've said before, I've written a manuscript 
that turned into sort of purely exploration and it, it sort of it brought me to the story that I want to be working on right now but it also comes with this all this consideration of you know okay with with MG it's all about what you're not writing and so with with this stuff well what is it I'm I'm writing and I come from this uh, tradition. It's it's sort of a weird thing too. Like say, uh, it's it, the the narrative itself is there is this sort of abuse. There is this um, and I'm just thinking of the reproductive narrative, and it's just this. Uh, assumption, right? Oh, well, we're going to have scantily clad uh, this and that. Um, and it's easy to turn it on its head, but to just sort of open that up and we'll ask why, you know, what's, what's behind all that? Why is it, why is it loaded in that way? And so that's that's what's ahead. I, I I'm pretty sure that's what's ahead with that story. Is that uh, <clears throat> there's a consideration of those constraints and even addiction, right? The language that's used. And I'm thinking of say, you know, the language of Conan. You know, and the language of, um, you know, medieval, this sort of weird um, thy and thou, right, which, which slips in uh, to, into the language. Man, this street is so much darker than the other street. It's just a bunch of vampires living here. <laughs> ghouls hanging out in the doorways. <clears throat> and beneath me, right, this catacombs of the necropolis. So, so what other kind of uh, things? Addiction. Uh, swearing, swearing, that totally, uh, is involved, and I remember getting, uh, a direct message on Twitter, one of, one of the other writers, and within the first page, uh, the diction, the word choice, right, and it it fit with the character, but it also didn't fit uh, for the reader, because why? I think I've said this too before. You know, I'm I'm from <laughs> I'm from that world. I'm from that world. I don't want to live in that world. Um, I don't want that world glamorized. Uh, I think, too, it was written for people who don't live in it. And what do I mean by that is that... <clears throat> it's, it's, it's not enough for me, like, say, if I had it sort of couched and say, said something like, you know, you know, hey Moss, you know, I've, you know, I, I heard about you and sort of where you're from and I've written this story that's, you know, addressing that, uh, uh, you know, that place, that sort of cultural, um, there's all kinds of questions like, well, why do we have it? You know, why do we promote, uh, why do we promote crime? 
Why do we have crime? Just sort of taking a, you know, taking a step back and looking at the big picture and, you know, what is, what is the cause of it? Uh, why are we filled with such, you know, self-hate, right, that we would do that? But also that we would then go, you know, and punish each other rather than sort of say, let's, well, let's, you know, let's fix this. Uh, we're kind of evolving, right? Um, let's take steps towards, uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So when I walk into uh, that kind of diction wi- without consideration, and what do I mean by it? I brought it up on uh, uh, cu- at least twice, a couple episodes, that it's taking, it's taking um, acts, it's taking just you know, healthy biological stuff, and it's, uh, you know, it's applying a kind of strain, you know, or um, is it expletives. And an example would be, say, in French, up here we have Quebec, and we, have, we actually pick up these Quebec, uh, uh, these uh, French, Francais uh, swear words. And they are uh, from religion. They're using, uh, you know, things from the uh, Catholic branch of Christianity. And uh, just to go use the English translation, which is not loaded, uh, tabernacle, for example, so it's a part of a church. And that, the French version, and then, so if you would say it loud... And then in Francais, that it becomes a, uh, a swear word. Whereas though it's not in English. And so, so I'm sort of looking at swearing in sort of a similar sense and uh, considering it. <clears throat> I'm also considering the amount of misogyny. I'm considering language. I'm, I'm considering the, the characters you know, who are using that language. And it's not enough for me to write something that doesn't consider it. Like, say, you know, if there's a character that is using that language, you know what it is? It's that I don't want to follow that character, right? I, I want to connect with the character. I want to sort of go... This is a character worth my time and energy. And so if you're, if you're dropping expletives in the first, you know, first couple of pages, it was, the, it was the first page, and if there's nothing there to sort of... I, I made an argument recently that, you know, well, if we're going to do this, you know, let's be creative about it. You know, why all the cliché expletives? You know, if you're going to use, for example, you know, it's, you know, I'm so careful, right? I say, let's use the, you know, the F word, for example. You know, there's perfectly good, there's other words. The F word is cliché. It really is. It's over, it's overused it has this meaning, and it is one of the, you know, this is the place, not the place, this is the process, the experience, where, you know, where we're made, where we come from. Uh, it truly is part of, you know, reproduction. It's, it's summing everything up, and then it's taking that, and it's defiling it, and it's saying that it's a bad thing. You know, the, the F word ought to be used in a very good way, you know, it ought to be full of respect, you know, for ourselves, and sort of saying, you know, that's the process, this great and wonderful, beautiful process, you know, from which uh, babies happen, you know, and from which, 
you know, people have this incredible experience. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter uh, what kind of relationship you're in, right? That it's, it's this awesome, amazing thing. And so, you know, it, and two, it's the intention behind the usage, right, that just degrades and uh, it's like we're going to take this beautiful thing and we're going to cover it, you know, in some sort of disgusting material. And so I was on Twitter. I'll probably do this again, you know, <clears throat> sort of like this subtle critique and say, you know, I prefer to use the word rut, you know, or I prefer to use some other word. But really what I'm doing is I'm undermining and I'm saying, you know, why, why use this word the way you're using it? Why not actually instead pluck out that word and then put in what you actually are saying, right? Which is, it's a, and until, I guess it takes too, you know, too much time, right? And my harsh critique is that, or is it, you know, I'm, I'm so upset about my own existence. So that's kind of, you know, for me, that's the subtext. That's some heavy stuff you're laying on us, Moss. That's my job. That's what I do. Uh, yeah. So it's a potential to be more way creative, more fun, you know, but of course you can just sort of drop this, you know, these words. It's like in comedy, it's a cheap laugh. And I guess that's what it is, is that it's cheap. But also, like I said, you know, there's more going on beneath the surface. Uh... And two, it gets into the territory of the sacred. Uh, the seaward is another example. And two, like when you think about it, there's two seawards. But why is one more potent and more um, heavy and taboo than the other? And, you know, the, the answer is obvious right away. And and too, I've I I met, I have met. <laughs> I've had some great conversations about this. I remember uh, I remember talking with a, a woman in university about this, and then it came down down to though, you know, how to subvert that right? How to change it around so that it wasn't misogynist, right? So that it wasn't uh, taking something, you know, that is natural, biological, um, you know, this really important thing, you know, and instead it's, you know, treating it, uh, and to, I, I would like to go with self-contempt, right, that, you know, it, yeah, no, it's, it's saying something about a group of people, human beings, and it's also saying something about oneself, you know, the person who uses that term, they're saying a lot about their own character. And, as I'm writing you know, more mature uh, fantasy. That's, that's my consideration. You know, how much, um, you know, to, say, to be in, t in the terrain, also the poetic terrain, and, you know, considering what we're promoting. You know, what is it we're selling? Why not go that extra mile and, and consider the diction and to be 
Well, to at least consider it. So that's where I'm at. So if you read something I write and you come across that moment, that's what I'm up to. And... <laughs> do I want to say that's a very lonely place to be? Uh... But I think it also, too, it's a, it's a good place to be. Like, if I'm sitting here sort of critiquing and saying, ah, you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity to, here we go, it's another golden opportunity to uh, to be discussing something, to, to be getting to the, the language itself and what the language is doing, and what it says about how we're using it, and say for the cheap laugh that we would laugh, right? And that that's normal. Sort of say, you know, this is well, this is the way we do things. And, but also considering and going, you know, yeah, but it, you know, isn't it time to move on? Isn't it time to uh, improve, let this stuff go, be better then? <clears throat> Unfortunately, you know, we're, it, it's probably always going to be this tug of war uh, between, between those two sides. But at least to be making the argument and putting the thought out there and um, considering, saying, you know, this, is, this is actually what it means to be doing it, rather than just, you know, oh, I'm just expressing myself and I have no idea, you know, what I'm doing. It's a story. addiction. Does it matter? You know, the words, the words that we use. Uh, why is it that some people, you know, can make a huge amount of money off of the words they use, you know, while others are sort of, uh, eking out an existence, if that. You know, there's the, um, on social media, you know, it seems like every day there's those who are uh, complaining about their lot, you know, and saying that, uh, <clears throat> what's it, they have a job. <laughs> it's, it's such a weird thing, because I'm on the other side Right. I don't have a job and I'm writing full time and I've uh, pretty much, um, you know, it's sort of a demand, you know, it's, it's sort of saying that, and to, to, to at least give it a shot, you know, that's, that's what this is all about. I've been... <sighs> I've been, um, I've asked for it and um, pursued it. I'm not sort of saying, oh yeah, you should do this. It's more like that I have to do this. And, uh, and then too, if I have to discard it, if I have to sort of put it aside, then... I can say that it hasn't been wasted time, but I can say that it, it, it has been very difficult. And not in the sense of, oh, I didn't get what I wanted, but instead that it's brought me to consider, say, my own narrative, or the narrative of other people, or the narrative of my culture. Uh, 
it's it's good to consider, but it's also uh, painful, and I think that I think the addiction that I would like to say be involved in, as far as my fantasy cowboy story plot story plot that uh, that that diction is a critique so so rather than this sort of um, you know just just using anything instead it's asking about you know getting getting to the you know the thy and the thou right asking the questions well you know what what is behind that you know why does that come about um i have an agenda i have many agendas <laughs> a grand agenda and major agendas and the minor agendas but the the core would be considering a person's self-worth and i think that that's the the big struggle of addiction uh, addiction diction that's a, the, the big struggle for it for me is is considering that okay thanks for listening take care keep up the gr- the great work.